Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. Dave is out ill, unfortunately, and we wish him the very speediest of recoveries. We just spent a good amount of time with uh, one of my favorite uh, representatives, uh, Mark Lowry, and now we have in the studio one of my favorite senators, Mark Johnson. No relationship. That's a little joke about the common first name there. Uh, So, uh, Mark... Tell us, let's start out simply, you know, where your district is, as as uh, we were discussing off the air, you overlap with Mark Lowry, where your district is, when are you up for re-election, that kind of, the, the basics. Well, the district itself, Rob, is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I include, I'll just tell what's in it. Right. I only have one entire county, and that's Conway County. Okay. So if you live in Conway County, I'm your senator. If you live in one of the other four counties, I might be your senator. I have the south-central part of Van Buren County. Mm-hmm. I have Faulkner County north of Kettering Creek, part of it east of or west of Highway 65. So I have part of Greenbrier, all of Wooster, Damascus. Then on the south side of Faulkner County, I have Mayflower and up to uh, Lake Conway. So my district uh, – I have a lot of Faulkner County. What does it look like? Does it look like a salamander? It looks worse than any salamander. (laughs) It looks like a a caricature of a dragon. I see. And then I have almost all of Perry County, the little area, the one precinct where Senator Rapert lives. uh, He is his district. Needless to say. But uh, uh, that's a long political story about that one, too. But other than that, I have all of Perry County. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in in, in Pulaski County, I have... About half of Mall Mail. Mm-hmm. I have. I don't have the industrial park side, but I have much of the other side mm-hmm. uh, on the west side of, of Mall Mail Boulevard, and in West Pulaski County. Just I have a little bit of Chennault Valley, and then it goes out uh, on the south side of Highway Ten to the county line. So I live in Ferndale, mm-hmm. and that's sort of. I have Ferndale, and and all the way out to Williams Junction. And then, of course, I go into Perry. So it's parts of five counties, all wow. one county, parts of four others. Wow. Uh, I don't have to run this time. I'm in the right. middle of a four-year term. But but I do, just in case anyone's wondering, I yeah. plan on running in 2020. Good for you. And, of course, the boundaries will all be redrawn. That's right. Then. That's right. And you will, you, you're in your second term? No. Now? You're I'm in your a first? freshman. I'm you're in my first freshman. year. My goodness. I've just, well, I've just been around a long time. Indeed. This is just well, the first you, time in but the But you also... Center. Uh, the reason I say that in all seriousness is you know the issues well. I've spoken with you many times about many of these issues, and you know them well. And it takes a, there's a bit of a learning curve. There's undoubtedly. Well, it is, but I yep. cheated because I've been in and around the Capitol my whole life right. and served in, for two governors gotcha. in the cabinet and uh, a congressman. And I, I mean, I've, I've been around. That helps. I've just never been on the inside. Understood. But, uh, uh, the big advantage, I have my own parking place now, so that's the big well, advantage. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, watch out. I may uh, I may figure out what number your parking spot is and put my car in there and then quickly get it towed as a consequence. Uh, Depends on whether I'm around. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Let's um, uh, talk about, uh, I had mentioned to Mark and I had uh, uh, texted everybody who was coming on today, in fact, 
uh, my new Steinbuck scorecard, which, as I said to Mark, is as important as what song I sing in the shower because nobody else listens to it anyway. But really what I'm trying to do is drill down on conservative issues and have a discussion about those conservative issues. Uh, I I think I was with you and Mark um, on Dave's show when we were grading the legislature last um, uh last session, yeah. and we gave it, give or take, depending who you asked, somewhere in the B range, and I think we can do more. But I want to be clear. I think we got a lot of good things done, but I think the legislature can do more uh, come this next term. So uh, let's talk about taxes. What do you, give us your 800-foot uh, uh, from the sky looking down view on what we should be doing on taxes. Well, we did some good things, Rob, and I'm uh, let's talk about the good and maybe the not so good mm-hmm. and then the things where I'm going to say the jury's out. Um, we did the third part of the uh, uh, income tax cut. Right. And people have to understand the, the context. We are sandwiched between two very viable economic engines of Tennessee and Texas. Texas probably sits the curve. Sure. They don't have an income tax at all. None. And they just passed something. I think they made it a constitutional amendment or something. It's not going to happen in Texas. That's right. Now, their property taxes are much higher. That's right. And people have got to understand that the government's going to get their money somewhere, so it's not like there's a free lunch. But uh, I believe that having high a high income tax uh, is a serious detriment to economic development mm-hmm. in, in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I think we – did a good thing by rolling it back, and conti- we need to continue to do mm-hmm. that. Um, we we passed some other things that uh, some people call them revenue enhancements. Yeah. They're, they're tax increases. Right. Um, but there was some, like on the Internet sales tax, there were some fairness issues that you could walk into your local uh, furniture store and see a sofa you wanted, and, and the guy's paying to have it there on his floor and in inventory. And you could get write the serial number down and go on to uh, uh, the outfit in North Dakota and order it and save the sales tax. That's not right, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it was it was getting worse and worse now that you know mail order and internet purchases are, are more and more. Mm-hmm. Now I believe in leveling that playing field, and I'm glad we've done it. Mm-hmm. And I want to come back to that in a minute because mm-hmm. what we do with that revenue is important to the of whole course. process. Uh, the we've had a couple of things, and I heard you and Mark talking about mm-hmm. in the last hour about the uh, the nine one one increase for the for emergency services, right. and that's and and I am one of the people that I do differentiate between a fee, a true fee, mm-hmm. and a tax that's dis- mm-hmm. disguised as a fee. Mm-hmm. A tax is when we're just going to take money out of your pocket for the the common good for our income redistribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this was something that. Uh, needed a change for a couple of reasons. One, when it was first, 911 was first implemented, we had landline phones. Mm-hmm. And it was a very simple thing. You wanted to be able to get the police or fire or sheriff to that location where That's that right. phone is. Well, a lot of technologies come down the pike since then, including the ability to find you by your phone right. if you have an emergency. That's right. And the, the fee increase, I thought, was reasonable. But I agreed with Mark and what he said. I think the way that we ultimately handled the uh, uh, the uh, 
know what I'm trying to say. The, di- the distribution of the cost. How? Well, no, no. Oh, that okay. part is actually, I think, it's, it's done a good job. But the, the people that, that pay with the prepay. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the prepay. Yeah, How is that it done? was not, we didn't right. do that right. Well, and, we uh, need to fix that. Yeah, I, I don't think, know the answer yet, yeah. but hopefully by 2021 we'll have an answer. Right. I don't think it's Mark disagrees fair. with you. I don't think Mark disagrees well, on whether we should. He, he yeah. still said it's not, it's not a fee, it's a tax. I think oh, it's okay. a fee. Well, you and know now here's the difference. I, I might call it a tax, but it might be a permissible tax. So, well, well yeah, you're yeah. you're spending that money right. to pay for a specific service that you use and could save you or someone in your family's life. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, right. but that, that was the deal. But <laughs> right. we had a we had an antiquated right. landline based 911 right. system, and we did need to mo- right. modernize it. My district that I described to you has right. a lot of rural areas, yeah. and there's places that. You, know, you you need to be able to have that cell phone in your pocket. There's an area out in West Perry County near Hollis. Now, I don't know how many people live in Hollis, but not very many. Right. But during deer season, there's people all over that area up in the woods, and one of them falls out of a tree stand, and they can't get a hold of 911. I mean, it could be disastrous. Right, so right. You know, communication is we're, – we're way behind the curve on that in general – Broadband in rural areas. There's just a lot of issues sure. that are are, are well, interesting to me. But but back to ahead, the tax. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we need to differentiate between where we do the straightforward thing to the people, and we say, you know, used to your all your cell phone would do is make a phone call. Well, right. now it can everything. We can find you and save your life That's in right. an emergency. That's right. So it's going to cost a little more, but you're going to get a, if you ever need it, you're going to really be glad you have this service. Mm-hmm. That's one kind of of a fee and tax. Then we've got the things where we're just, oh gosh, we got some new revenue like the, the taxing the, the interstate sales. On right. there. Uh, well, what are we going to do with that money? Are we going to find a way to give some tax relief to the citizens in other areas, or are you going to have every bureaucrat and every uh, local school superintendent and whoever lining up with their hand out, you know, salivating, saying? Oh, you got some more money. We need it. We need give it to us. Give it right, to us. Right. Well, they might need some, but they're going to, have to make a case for it with me. They're going to show that that they earn it. But I hope we can start looking at some ways to reduce spending, reduce where other taxes go. Our local sales taxes are out of control. I, I was having lunch the other day. I paid 11% because 11%. I have a sales tax. I've got what they call the colloquially the hamburger tax. Right. I didn't order hamburger, by the way. They still taxed me. Right. And had I ordered hard liquor, which I don't generally do, I found out that's 33% tax on that. Well, now, here's what gets even worse on it then, Rob. If you go down to pick a nice restaurant. Uh, Doe's Eatery. No, I won't even use Doe's. Oh, my Sun- God. Sonny Williams. <laughs> I mean, I really well, nice. you know, or, or, or 111. My shift doesn't Hotel. have as much starch as yours, Mark. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, if, a really nice place. Understood. You know, like the one my wife wants me to take her on a special occasion. That's right. You know, and you get that receipt, and right. it's 11% sales right. tax. But think about this. If some single mom that lives in Southwest Little Rock has had a hard week, but she's got her kids and said, rather than cook tonight, right. I want to go through the McDonald's That's drive right. through and and get you a happy meal. She's going to be paying that eleven percent. Amen. And that's wrong. You don't that, have to convince me. Just not. You don't have to convince be. me. And and we we need to look at that. I, I the thing is, if we're ever going to reduce, and in my, in my world, perfectly fine, be, get rid of our 
income tax, so we're competing with Texas and Tennessee, right. then we've got to we'll have to need that sales tax, and it, now we're spending it on some trivial things. Right, right, right. Like, and I'm not saying that the advertising no. promotion fees are all going to things that are. Not, I mean, they're they're doing some good work doing in some, some areas, but you know what? But I'm that's not a, too much. I think it's too much, and I'm not a huge fan of forcing businesses to advertise through some sort of government entity. So I'm not a big fan of the hamburger tax. Uh, Mark, we're going to take a break, uh, and when we come back from the break, we're going to have another guest in the room, and we're going to talk about her favorite topic, which is guns. Uh, so on that, let's take a break, Zach. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. Dave, unfortunately, is out ill. We are in the studio, as I mentioned before the break, with Mark Johnson, and we have another guest with us, and that's Hannah Webb Howard. Uh, Hannah is the um, president of the Second Amendment Society at the Bowen School of Law. Needless to say, she's also a law student there. She has some good professors and also me uh, as a professor. Uh, We've known each other prior to her um, attendance at the law school through Dave Ellswick because Hannah has been on Dave's show uh, presenting the conservative millennial viewpoint. And so we are only we're going to roll right into it, Mark, and start talking about Second Amendment, of course, I was a big supporter of Charlie Collins's Campus Carry. You may have heard that when I was talking with Mark Lowry. I think there are a number of things we can be doing in the future. And, of course, probably the first and foremost is the surprisingly and unfortunately defeated a Stand Your Ground bill by Bob Ballinger, uh, which I think we, uh, we, I know will be brought up in the next session. And so, what do you, again, 800 uh, feet in the air views on guns and maybe what uh, your thoughts are on Stand Your Ground as well. Well, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and it's easy to say that, to me, this is a fundamental right that no one ever really talked about in a, in a negative sense, that you couldn't defend your own home and household. Right. And the very idea of stand your ground even being controversial is troubling to me. I think it's clear that it's, uh, uh, you know, a person has a right, start say a man, but a, a person has a right to protect their, themselves and their home and their right. family. And to say, well, there's, yeah, but there's some rules and all that. No, I'm sorry. I know it might make it cleaner and easier to figure out for law enforcement people. And I know that's probably the the genesis of a lot of their opposition because they like cases to be very clean cut and everything. But but life is not clean cut like that. And criminals don't pay much attention to the... to the rules. That's why they're called. That's criminals. why they're criminals, indeed. But Amen. Uh, uh, I'm absolutely opposed to the position that they had. Sadly, because I agree with them on so many things. Right. But uh, uh, I, I actually encouraged uh, uh, some of my colleagues that, and it was toward the end of the session. And you know, you get into the issues start overlapping, and you know, there's stuff. Well, we need to get this done, so right. if we do that, we won't get this other done. But I was ready to vote to uh, uh, pull that bill out of committee mm-hmm. because, of course, it did get bogged down in, in uh, That's right. the Senate Judiciary Committee. So right. I'm, I would have voted to discharge it from committee yeah, so we could vote on it on the floor. It's an important issue. And to me, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm not terribly su- surprised when I see these kind of police chiefs and sheriffs show up and say, well, you know, I heard one guy literally say, well, what happens if uh, a good guy is on the street, a bad guy uh, shows up with a gun, the good guy leaves, and then comes back with his gun, and my response is, and what? 
and is in a place he's allowed to be with a gun he's allowed to have. Now, I don't want him coming back to start a shootout, but so far, that wasn't part of Mr. Police Chief's fact pattern. They, of course, would prefer if everybody stays home, they have uh, less controversy to deal with, but we've got rights, and rights sometimes clash, and we've got to be able to, to... enjoy our lives in society and not be threatened by criminals. So needless to say, I'm preaching to the converted, and I'm frankly not preaching to you. I'm just speaking into the microphone. But but my my point is that um, um, uh, that, uh, we need to get this bill passed. Uh, This is not a complicated legal issue, particularly in the state that is supposed to be as conservative as Arkansas. I say supposed to be because, as we've discussed before, I think the legislature did a good job last session, but I think we have some room for improvement. We've got a few minutes left, uh, and I had uh, uh, Zach uh, tells me it's three minutes left. So I'm going to eat up uh, half of that probably telling you about uh, the third item, which is the my concern with some personal interest for academic freedom for conservative professors across the academy, not only in Arkansas, across the United States, but of course, you're a state legislator. So I get to pitch my ideas to you and everybody else who shows up. So uh, I I think, I suspect that um, various senators and and representatives will be uh, putting together a different bill, but another bill to ensure that the tenure rights, the rights of conservatives to speak on campus uh, are protected because it is under siege across the country. And as we have discussed online, there are legal issues now with with, uh, lawsuits and stuff. I'm not getting into the details of that, but conceptually I want to impress upon you my concern and what I see as a problem amongst conservatives because the knee-jerk reaction for conservatives is, well, tenure protects a bunch of liberals and incompetent ones at that. Let me tell you what what protects incompetent liberals. Liberals on campus, other incompetent liberals on campus. Tenure protects conservatives because they're in the minority. So I think we need to do more for that on that issue, which benefits me and benefits all our Kansans, of course, because we want to hear those conservative voices in the academy, in academia. And by the way, if for some reason the majority of professors were conservatives, I'd say the same thing about the liberals. I really would. Well, it's interesting, Rob. You you have helped enlighten me on this subject because I was probably one of those conservatives that said the only thing tenure does is is to protect liberals that ought to be fired from being fired or incompetence. Right. Forget their stripe of philosophy That's right. That's right. from being fired. And I, you know, I don't like any collectivist thing that I think people should be treated as individuals. On the other hand. There's abuse in any kind of employment situation. So I, I, you have opened my eyes to some, a different perspective on it, and I um, do appreciate yep. that. Uh, on, on First Amendment in general yeah, on yeah. campus, uh, you were familiar with the, the lawsuit against ASU for the uh, – I, I helped pass the bill that, that did away right, with it. and I did too. I voted yes, for it. Of course, well, I think you I did more than me. <laughs> but, but the fact is that the very idea that we say, okay, over here you can have free speech, but over here you can't. I'm right. thinking – that is not conducive to our form of government. It is not. And I, and it, and I, I understand that the lawsuit's actually still going on, that they they, they tried to dismiss as as moot. And right. they said, well, no, it's not moot. Oh, and, interesting. And that's still in litigation. Oh, interesting. But the, but the point is that uh, too often people in power want everything nice and tidy. That's right. And uh, a free society 
can be a little messy sometimes. Amen. I'm sure uh, uh, the in uh, Romania under Ceausescu was one of the cleanest run exactly. places you've ever seen. Exactly. Everything just worked perfect. That's right. That's the thing about dictatorships. They're very neat and orderly. We just don't have any rights. Mark, it's always, I mean this sincerely, always a pleasure to talk with you. I, uh, I was surprised to hear that you are in your first term because you carry so much gravitas and it's obviously a refle- reflection of your wonderful experience and knowledge and we are better off with you in the senate and in two years when you run for re-election we'll do so as well we're taking a break okay it was a little Thanks. short of my time three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com <laughs> 